Due to the COVID-19 health emergency, board members are participating in this meeting remotely via video conference, and they are participating in the same extent as if they were physically present. Public comment will be available for each item on the agenda. For members of the public who wish to make public comment, the phone number to use is 415-655-0001. The access code is 2495-060-4103. When your item of interest is called, dial star three to be added to the queue to speak. And you may address the board once per agenda item for up to two minutes. Item number one, call to order. Director Richardson. I'm here. And Director Sen. Here. Thank you, we do have a quorum. Okay, thank you again, um, everyone, uh, those that are joining us uh, today and, and those that will be joining later on. Uh, this is the Treasure Island Infrastructure Transportation Committee. Uh, glad to see you, Commissioner Shen and uh, Director Beck and Kate Austin and um, Jamie. Okay, let's go please to the uh, next agenda. Item number two is general public comment. And this item is to allow members of the public to address the ITC on matters that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the committee and that do not appear on today's agenda. In addition to general public comment, public comment will be held during each item on the agenda. I'm seeing no public comment. Okay, can I have uh motion. We can move on to item number three, the consent yes. agenda. Yes. And it's proving the minutes of the December, sorry, the May 17th, 2022 meeting. Okay. Can I have a motion, please? I so move. Okay. And I'm going to second that motion and all in favor. Aye. Aye. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to do a roll call vote for this. Um, Director Richardson. Aye. Yes. Director Sen. Aye. Thank you. And there are two ayes. So okay. Item number four, fiscal year 2023 through 2024, tied to budget planning. Okay, Jimmy, great, great to see you again. Okay, please Thank proceed with well. your... I'm yeah. going to... Share my screen if I can. Um, apologies, it's not showing up. Should be next to the stop video button at the bottom. Yeah, no, no, I understand that for some reason. Oh, my yeah, internet is not showing up. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. Ah, there it is. Apologies. Great. Can folks see the presentation? We saw that. Uh, yeah, we can see the screen now. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Um, Thank you, um, members and committee members for having me. My name is Jamie Carubin. I'm the finance manager with TIDA. I'm here to present the fiscal year 23-24 uh, budget introduction. Uh, and this is the first of three presentations we intend on presenting to uh, the TIDA board um, related to the budget 
um, for fiscal year 24, which is the next budget cycle. Uh, in terms of the timeline, um, as many of you may have heard, the mayor's office uh, released their um, fiscal year 24, fiscal year 25 budget instructions on December 15th. Um, and that brings us forward today on December 20th to present this introduction to this committee. Um, the plan is to bring back a full draft of the two-year TIDA budget um, on the January 11th board meeting um, for comment and review by members. Uh, and then the final um, budget will be presented back at the, the TIDA board on February 8th. Um, and that will be um, essentially the final uh, meeting where members will have the ability to comment on the final board, uh, the final TIDA board budget. Um, just to emphasize, I believe in previous years, um, there may have been a practice where the mayor's office may have allowed uh, there'd be some changes between this February date and the mayor's final um, July, sorry, June 1st submission to the Board of Supervisors. That flexibility is, is no longer built into this schedule. So we just want to be cognizant um, that really the February budget that we review is, is will be the final that the city administrator's office will submit as part of her larger budget uh, to the mayor. Um, then in March, uh, these budgets will be published on the controller's office website, which is really kind of what, what um, solidifies them and in some degree is final. Um, then the mayor will publish her two-year budget on June 1st. Uh, the budget and finance committee hearings at the Board of Supervisors will convene in June. Um, and by July 1st, the mayor's proposed budget is loaded into the city's financial um, system um, ahead of the of the board's approval uh, in July. Uh, to summarize the mayor's budget instructions um, that she just released on December 15th, um, in anticipation of a 728 million projected uh, deficit over the next two fiscal years, uh, the mayor uh, has instructed the general fund departments are being asked to decrease their ongoing general fund support by 5% in fiscal year 24 and another 3% on top of the prior 5%, um, so a total of 8% ongoing in fiscal year 25 uh, to provide the general fund uh, savings. Uh, the mayor, um, as many know, is focused on a policy of priorities around economic recovery, clean and safe streets, homelessness, and mental health. Um, important to, to TIDA and this board, non-general fund departments are being asked to balance within their own revenue projections. TIDA, of course, is considered a, a non-general fund department um, as it does not receive any revenue support from the general fund. So we are not being asked to, to uh, make these reductions, um, but it's just kind of helpful to know that's the wider context of the city's budget. Um, in addition, the city administrator has also provided um, uh, her, her instructions to focus on resolving chronic operational issues and, on, and in the ongoing effort to stabilize the city administrator's office's core service deliveries. Um, to provide a, a, a recap of the fiscal year 21-22 um, year-end close, which was the fiscal year that just closed on June 30th, of 2022, 
um, it's it was all great news. And so that's that's um, really the message to, to take across. Commercial leasing revenues were approximately $870,000 above the adopted budget. Residential leasing revenues were approximately $722 above the adopted budget. Um, and this is primarily that um, largely due to the fact that we were very conservative um, in our budget estimates given the actuals that we saw in fiscal year 21 and sort of the potential uncertainty of what the leasing uh, market might look like um, as it recovered in, in post-COVID uh, um, phases. Um, so this was as a result primarily of improved rent collections, as well as uh, the real estate uh, division team here at Tida identifying new lease opportunities and really um, making a concerted effort to backfill that revenue. Um, on the expenditure side, we were approximately um, $5.9 million below the adopted budget. Um, that was largely due to certain development contracts that we, we did not enter into uh, due to contracting scheduling delays. Um, uh, a portion of it was due to unfilled Titus staffing positions. Um, in, in terms of not um, hiring at the very beginning of the fiscal year, or for example, not executing a contract at the very beginning of the fiscal year. So really we're, we were feeling uh, a partial year expenditure uh, to that budget projection. Um, and then lastly, the, there was some savings on the PUC utilities and maintenance um, work order. Um, in terms of the TICD shortfall payment, as we've referred to it in the past, um, uh, because TIDA's authority cost expenses were below our total revenues, meaning we collected sufficient amount of revenues to cover um, our own expenses, there was no shortfall payment that was invoiced to TICD in fiscal year 22. Um, separately from that, uh, TICD was invoiced for about 5.86 million of what we refer to as direct development costs or city costs. So uh, to the extent that TIDA had um, paid certain invoices or incurred certain costs that were directly development related, those were directly invoiced uh, to TICD. Um, ultimately, this resulted in um, a $4.77 million below the adopted budget that was expected from TICD. So um, they were very happy to, to see that and um, I think appreciated that we stayed within our budget. Um, members have seen this uh, slide before, but just as a, a refresher for, for the DDA requirement um, related to the shortfall payment uh, prior to 2015, uh, Titus revenues had always historically exceeded our expenses. Um, and to the extent we did have a surplus in revenue, we use that uh, to, to balance um, all our accounts. Um, prior to the DDA, when the reserve account is exhausted, TIDA then invoices TIA, oh, per the DDA, sorry, um, TIDA then invoices TI City for the balance needed um, to balance our revenues and expenses. Um, in fiscal year 2020, that was the first time we did that, um, and TIC was invoiced uh, approximately 5.3 million to balance uh, TIDA's fiscal year 20 expenses. In fiscal year 2021, TIDA was invoiced, TICD was invoiced approximately 8 million um, to balance our fiscal year 21 expenses, um, and that was about $2.7 million under adopted budget. Um, and as I mentioned in fiscal year 2022, TIC was not invoiced 
um, any additional amount to balance our fiscal year 22 expenses. And sorry, I should mention that 2021 figure, I believe includes both city costs, direct development costs, as well as the shortfall payment. In terms of where we are at the midpoint of fiscal year 2022, uh, our 2022-23, our commercial leasing revenues are tracking at or near budget. Um, our residential leasing revenues are also tracking in the same trend. Um, as I mentioned, commercial rent collections have improved and stabilized uh, to what we would more or less have observed in pre-pandemic levels. Um, a majority of tenants became current within their rent this year. Um, during COVID, a small number of tenants terminated their leases or decreased their leaseholds though there have been other tenants, as I mentioned, who've been identified to backfill those vacancies. Uh, we anticipate our total expenditure this fiscal year to be within the budget that was adopted. Um, and as we anticipate fully expending that budget um, in 2023, um, we are projecting that our expenses will likely um, exceed our revenues. And so that will result in TICD being um, responsible to, for paying balance of the shortfall. Um, and that is budgeted at 4.1 million in fiscal year 23. TACD will also be responsible for funding various subsidies as required by the DDA. That's approximately $2.3 million in additional revenue in 2023. Uh, and TIDA, as I mentioned, is now invoicing TICD for those direct development or city costs on a quarterly basis. Uh, which was budgeted at 10.8 million in 2023. Um, apologies, there's a typo there. I should say 2023-24 budget planning. Um, as we approach this budget season uh, for the 2024 fiscal year, uh, we are taking into account the mayor's budget instructions, although they don't directly apply to TIDA, uh, it's helpful to know the wider context of budget planning in the city. Uh, the starting point we are looking at now is the, the second year budget that we adopted in the prior year's two budget cycle, which assumed a $31.33 million expenditure in 2024. Uh, some of the questions we'll ask ourselves is whether we should continue the same revenue projections are there any other revenue uncertainty um, trends that we should be observing? Uh, do we anticipate any additional growth on the expenditure side? And likewise, can we identify any additional cost savings? Um, with this revised budget, the goal is to um, continue conversations with TICD so they have the, uh, they have the opportunity to review the budget. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, we'll propose this budget to the title board for review in January and February ahead of submitting to the city administrator's budget and planning office, um, who will eventually include it in their departmental submission to the mayor's budget office. Um, the last two bullets really speak to um, any minor changes that could happen between the February date of approval and when the mayor submits uh, the final budget to the board of supervisors. There's typical minor changes that could happen um, really as a, a result of review by the city administrator or the mayor's budget office. That typically doesn't apply uh, to TIDA, but that will um, that will account for any minor adjustments that are made. 
Um, in terms of anticipated growth in the fiscal year 24 budget, um, as a as a kind of heads up to the the budget we will present in January, um, we are obviously observing a lot of development, um, vertical development on on the both islands, which is great. That leads to a larger projection in developer housing subsidies collected from TICD. That is the pursuant to the DDA, seventeen thousand five hundred dollars per unit. Um, for door that has achieved a vertical development uh, disposition agreement milestone. And so as a result of that vertical development um, proceeding, we are then collecting more developer housing subsidies and we can then rededicate that to affordable housing projects on Treasure Island. So we would be working with the mayor's office of housing to deploy those funds. Um, secondly, as we see also parks um, reaching completion on um, Yerba Buena Island and, and eventually in Treasure Island. Um, we're also anticipating a parks maintenance budget um, for those newly completed parks. Um, we're also anticipating additional transitional housing related fees, whether potential in lieu payments or moving fees as a result of um, those transition housing um, uh, units being available um, per the the um, THRNRs. Um, uh, lastly, uh, the Westside Bridges um, project is moving forward. There's a proportion that TIDA is agreeing to to provide a local match to leverage um, state and federal funding, and that's approximately three and a half million dollars. Um, that'll be a, uh, on the agenda, I believe, in the January meeting. And so that'll be a new addition to this budget. Um, some of the ongoing growth that you also see is traditional uh, uh, development support related to public works, PUC engineering and field services, and various professional consultant um, professional services contracts. Uh, to dive a little bit deeper into those contracts, uh, we have uh, our as-needed engineering services pool established, and so those contracts will continue in fiscal year 24. Um, the renewal of the transitional housing advisory services um, um, contract um, well, as a result of, of the final um, RFP that's out, um, task force program management support, environmental assessment planning studies, as well as a park planning and operations support in anticipation of all of these new parks um, that TIDA will uh, be accepting in the coming years. Uh, community serving programs will continue um, to be reflected in TIDA's, TIDA's budget, including One Treasure Islands um, contract to support ship shape and the food pantry, as well as construction uh, training programs and community facilities planning. Um, YMCA operations uh, will continue to be supported as well as Island Youth Program participation is, um, in collaboration with the Boys and Girls Club um, Camp Mendocino Summer Program. Um, after school programs and on-island summer programs will continue um, in collaboration with DCYF um, as well as Child Care Center Facility Maintenance, the Department of Public Health on-island on services. Um, and various events, um, including Fleet Week, July 4th, and New Year's Eve, that will continue to be supported um, for visitors uh, to the island. And that is all I have for the introduction. Um, 
happy to answer any questions that you have. Okay, well, thank you so much, um, Amy, for that um, thorough presentation. And I know we have some questions, but um, I have some questions, but I'm gonna just dive into something that is um, fundamental. How, where in the budget and how are we dealing with the fact that the transportation issue, the ferry and that that issue is not yet resolved? And what implication does that have in a budget and, you know, budget expectation? Because that this matter is germane, uh, it's, it's a big one. And so we've been kind of, you know, taking the can now and not due to our fault, because again, we have to depend on host of entities to get it. So can you, uh, Bob, address that? Where are we? What do we anticipate on doing in 2023 to address this issue head on again? Yeah, thank, thank you, uh, Director. Um, so the, the um, you know, we are fortunate that the developer has elected to initiate um, the ferry service that they began this past March uh, at, at, their, at their expense. Um, because as, as you noted, the, the, the tolling program policies have have yet to be adopted by the Board of Supervisors and, and the TIMA. Um, the, uh, uh, even if those policies were adopted today, however, um, we won't, they won't be in a position to begin uh, toll revenue collection until after the Westside Bridges project is complete. And so in terms of advancing that agenda towards physically being able to collect the toll. I think it's important to note that the Westside Bridges project, uh, we are committing to some funding uh, of that um, over the next three years in order for that project to be fully funded and to, and to move into construction this April. Um, but uh, with, uh, uh, you know, new district six supervisor confirmed, um, the the Timma and and uh, Titus staff are in communication with with both the district six supervisors office as well as other members of the of the Timma commission to um, address any outstanding questions that they have about the proposed toll policies and um, hopeful that uh, will they will be in a position to consider those toll policies this spring. Um, and then in the meantime, the, uh, the TIMA staff are also looking at uh, ways of trying to fully fund the implementation of the toll policies, um, including finalizing design and, and installing the equipment. Um, again, they, they believe that their work in that pursuit will be uh, strengthened when they have uh, adopted policies that they can point to, uh, that they may be able to get um, additional grants or perhaps even um, some debt financing to to fund the balance of the toll system implementation. Thank you. And the premise of that question, thank you for your thorough answer, is because that money is coming from somewhere right now. And so the implications 
when we're looking at possible 4.1 million shortfall, and we expect um, some expenditures or, you know, from some of our agreement from the CITD. And I just want to make sure there that, that um, all this money that are floating around and our expectations that we're able to reconcile that. Okay, so that's my first question. So I'm going to um, pass on and then add some other questions. So Commissioner Shen. Um, thank you, Jamie, for that introduction. That was a great overview of what is ahead of us for the next few months. And welcome back, just in time for the new budget season. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but um, I, I know that um, we have um, a partnership with TICD, they are a private developer in the venture at Treasure Island. Um, have we discussed this budget with them yet? And and at what point will you do that? Um, uh, we do plan on discussing this budget um, with them once we have a certain, um, there's a few components that we're still finalizing this month. Um, we plan a meeting with them the first week of January uh, to show them the draft budget that this board will also um, review and see on the January 11th meeting. Um, and that we believe provides sufficient amount of time ahead of the February meeting um, to, to review um, any questions that they may have. Uh, with that said, um, there are certain ongoing conversations that we have with TICD related specifically to their subsidy amounts. Um, so for example, the developer housing subsidy amount, um, we've been working closely with TICD on, the, on their projections of what is obligated, um, as well as our anticipation of, of dedicating that, those funds to affordable housing projects that are in the pipeline. So that's been an ongoing conversation throughout the fiscal year. Um, and then more recently, we've had conversations um, related to the parks maintenance, parks and open space maintenance subsidy um, related to the ongoing maintenance budget um, uh, in anticipation of the dog park being accepted um, as well as the completion of Hillside Park. So th those have been conversations that have happened um, already um, in addition to our January meeting with them. Good. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you will have a chance to discuss the budget with them, get their um, comments before it's presented to us so we know what we are aware of what their issues um, and, and comments are. Thank you. Um, the um, other thing is uh, in, in relationship to the question that um, Linda had about the ferries. Um, the developer is subsidizing the cost of the ferry right now. Um, is that subsidy out of pocket for them or is there some um, uh, some reimbursement that they are going to require? Is it coming from our transportation fund or is this something which the developer is doing in support of their own market rate housing program? Yeah, it, it is. Um... This is in addition to the subsidies that they're obligated to pay under the DDA. So this is this is not something for which they will be reimbursed. Okay, thank you. Um, and then the third um, very important question, and I know that you have a presentation today, um, Bob, on parks um, 
maintenance and operations. And I would like to say that this is a very, very important priority that we have to, we have to establish this, um, this year. Um, it, we have um, several parts, the Yoba Buena Island roof, uh, the, the um, hilltop parks, the dog park coming on board, um, if not soon, <laughs> then certainly by the end of the year. And then um, we are also going to be starting on the waterfront park. Um, we have capital funds to do this because of the various bond issues that we've um, had, but we need to maintain those parks and um, the operations, the structure, the maintenance of those parks are so important um, because if we don't do that from the get-go, when we receive those parks, um, we actually um, will not be able to um, continue a, a, a system of um, good maintenance and good operations uh, for those parks. So um, I'm going to look very carefully at that budget. I would like for you to present, the staff present what their plan is for, um, for operating, maintaining, and managing programming those parks. Um, that's very important to us. And I want to make sure that we have sufficient funds in the budget for that. Um, so I'd like to look at that subset of the budget and when you present it to give us what those numbers are that we are expecting to um, use in order to start that process. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Shen. Uh, Bob, in lieu, again, with regards to the parks maintenance, we in 2022 and before, we entertained the discussion as to the ownership, and we were looking at different scenarios to do that. Are we going to be in 2023 uh, be able to at least um, be close to finalizing um, who is going to be in charge of the you know maintenance on the ongoing maintenance? Because again, as Commissioner Shen mentioned, this is a fundamental issue for us. So I know that you were before. You don't have to go into detail and different discussions or whatever. At, at, um, I, I, do you have any new information uh, to bring to that? Or when will you be engaging us so that we can really make the milestone to set something? Because in, I'm looking at the calendar. I would like for us in 2023 to create the entity and how we are going to be uh, managing because that again is reflective on the budget and how we're gonna move forward. Yeah, I'll speak to that some in my in my presentation later on today's agenda. But uh, in brief, yes, uh, that is a goal for this year to be able to um, uh, engage in the discussion with the board um, and bring uh, such additional um, um, expertise to, to the discussion as as the board may may. Uh, wish so that we are, are able to, you know, definitively uh, conclude that this is the best means for us going forward and and then to take this, the appropriate steps to, to uh, you know, enact those, those uh, structures and policies. Thank you. And lastly, 
and we should also, also, all of us should be cognizant of the fact that the economy, San Francisco economy right now is just settling, even though there are some areas that are promising. So we are looking at that. I'm also gonna be looking at the budget to look at the obligation, tighter obligations to uh, One Treasure Island. We have all these very wonderful uh, workforce development, you know, programs that we are having that, um, you know, people don't talk about that, but it's one of the things that TIDA does well. You're making sure our development, reaching out to Treasure Island residents, training them, giving them our skills that they are going to be and be part of the development. So our ongoing training, um, it's extremely uh, very important. Uh, we've been really, we have exceeded the expectations and the same thing needs to, you know, continue to happen. Um, you know, with the partnerships, with the, you know, demolition and all of those things. So I'm going to be looking at that budget because that's one of the areas that um, we should not cut corners on and, you know, we should continue to fund those. So those are all the questions I have right now. And um, thank you. But so when are you going to be bringing this back to us? So the next step is your ongoing discussion with TICD, that is a must. They must concur. We need to be on the same page here. And we need also to know ahead of time any issues that we need to address before we really bring this matter into the full commission. So so what is your timeline now before um, we get a chance to look at the budget and give the feedback to you? Probably your We will be coming uh... We, we will have this on the January board agenda as well as the February board agenda. Um, as Jamie said, we're required to submit uh, a draft budget to the city administrator's budget office in February. And then that budget is posted to the controller's office website in March. Um, so our, our uh, intention is to have the uh, budget in substantially the final form by the time of our February board meeting. But we will, are, we will have it on, on both the February and uh, January and February agendas. Okay, and you and Commissioner Shen will be also be talking, you know, also um, offline their issues or things like that, right? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. That's all I have. Any other question or comment, Commissioner Shen, if not, then we could go to the public comment. Seeing no public comment. Okay, thank you. Uh, next thing on the agenda, please. Item number five, option to lease parcel E1.2 for the development of senior low-income housing. So uh, Natalie Bono will present this item. Um, as as board members know, we 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 have um, two two projects underway, and we've been planning for the replacement of of Health Right 360s programs, and uh, this is a companion project uh, to that. And and Natalie will present on it. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners and Director Beck. Um, Natalie Bonowit, and I'm an affordable housing consultant to. Um, I'm here on behalf of the project and I'm going to share uh, my screen. Hi, Natalie. Hi, good morning. 
Can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So first, uh, we thought we would remind about the overall residential housing plan, both current and future, and then we'll focus on the third authority parcel, parcel E1.2. So let me just make sure I can, there we go. So as you know, and a lot of this I know for uh, everybody here is a reminder, but um, currently on the island, we of the existing residential units, they units are occupied by one treasure island members, which include Catholic Charities, Homerise, Health Rate 360, Swords to Plowshare, or current residents live in the market rate apartments, which are managed by John Stewart Company, the villages. And there are some additional um, commercially master leased units as well. And as you know, the One Treasure Island units are governed by the One Treasure Island Agreement. And the villages units are generally governed by the transition regulations, which is an attachment to the housing plan of the DDA. And uh, there's additional um, regulations for residents who moved in after the DDA was executed and before December 2019. This is a map of current housing units and who operates those units. And over time, all currently occupied units must be vacated. And as you know, at build-out, the maximum allowable units on both Treasure Island and Yerba Buena Island is 8,000 of which 27% uh, are affordable. Within the affordable, there are inclusionary units, which are developed by the master developer or its affiliates, and the remainder are authority units, which are developed in partnership with nonprofit affordable developers. And of the authority units, there's a minimum requirement of 23% for are for unsheltered households, including the replacement of all current One Treasure Island members. And then the authority units also include the transition units for household legacy households. Those are the households who are living at the villages at the time the DDA was executed. This is just an in, this is a graphic to show the ratio of the market rate to affordable. And this just shows within the affordable, the entity that will be developing those units. The boxes in this map show the location of all authority parcels. And as you know, the first two authority projects are in construction, Maseo May, which is expected to have TCO very soon, and Starview Court, which is currently in construction since June of this year. And this just shows how the first five authority parcels are in major subphase one and are really intended to replace, meet all the replacement obligations that Tida has for both the One Treasure Island units and the legacy households. So as you saw before, Maseo May, which is um, all the sorts of plowshares, replacement units and new affordable units for low income and homeless veterans. Starview Court, right next door, includes all Catholic Charities replacement units, transition units, and new affordable units. And then number three over here, parcel E1.2, that's what we'll be discussing in a moment in the focus of this presentation, 
will include um, both replacement of all HR360 units and um, new behavioral health beds and new affordable senior housing. And then parcels four and five will be the remainder of the replacement unit obligation, uh, is intended to be the remainder of the replacement unit obligation for TIDA. So the meat of today and what we're talking about is parcel E1.2, and this is its location. And you can see it's kitty corner to the sailing center and it's right near hangar three. It's a great location. It's currently vacant and these are the views from it. And this is just uh, showing the square footage of the parcel. And as we mentioned before, and in July, the TIDA board approved site control for DPH, so for a portion of the site. So um, that was a threshold issue for applying for new state money for behavioral health uses. This building, the upper portion of the parcel is a partnership with DPH and will include the replacement beds for HR360. And then the lower portion of the parcel and what we're here to talk about today is senior housing. The senior housing will include new affordable senior housing as well as transition units. And it will be developed and operated by Mercy Housing, a One Treasure Island member. This is a massing of both um, the behavioral health portion as well as the senior housing portion. And this is a summary of the program. So the behavioral health building will have up to 300 beds, including the HR 360 replacement beds. And then the senior housing will have approximately 100 units, 50% studios, 50% one bedrooms. And um, the program is not fully formed, but we know from a massing perspective, it can support minimally 100 units. So the next steps, and the reason that we are here today and we'll be back in January of the TIDA board and, um, is for site control for the senior portion of the parcel E1.2. And the reason that we need site control now is because the project is applying for new HUD funding. It's an old program, HUD 202, and it comes with an operating subsidy. And that application is due January 25th. And in order to apply, the project needs to show site control. And if the funding and program is accepted, then the building will be deconstructed for households age 62 and over. Um, and there's a chance that the funding program may change uh, if the application is not approved, but uh, if that were to happen, of course, we would come back. And um, the funding program, in addition to applying for HUD, Include, HUD funding includes this typical affordable housing financing program, which would be state financing and that combined with tax credits. Um, and of course, there's also a local match, which um, is uh, with a local match, which includes TIDA generated funding and also funding from MOHCD. And so that's my um, presentation. Um, as stated, the Formal vote for site control will be in January at the TIDA board. And if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. Well, thank you so much, Natalie, Lee, for that presentation. One thing about your presentation that was so great, um, able to put the correlation, you show the 
reference to the legacy, and you also gave some historical um, analysis on your presentation, please. That is really great. We welcome that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, us here, we are the one that is helping San Francisco to meet its housing obligations. And anyone that's been watching tighter, even during COVID or before, is that we are passionately advocating leading San Francisco and we have the properties and why not? So this is great for us and the subject matter here of senior housing, how could you do wrong about that? So um, from that standpoint, absolutely, we are obligated and we're also willing and passionately helping to move all these projects uh, you know, forward. So I just wanna make those comments that um, yes, we are with you on the same page like that. And so I'm gonna open this for Commissioner Shen, who is also a well-renowned advocate for housing and uh, sustainable development. So your comments, Commissioner. Thank you, thank you, Linda. Um, and Natalie, that was truly a great summary. Thank you for putting it all together. Um, we often have, times have to be reminded, but you know, the affordable housing part of the program for Treasure Island is in fact the most important part in my uh, viewpoint. And, and so it's great, excited to see Maceo May completed, excited to see that Starview Court has started the, the um, construction. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Starview Court was, is the first um, uh, housing for families, affordable housing for families. So that will be um, completed, I think, in about three years or so. so. So really wonderful and excited going forward to for this site and the fact that we can do both um, housing, which is supportive, as well as for seniors, and it's all affordable. So wonderful. And so good luck to you on your HUD um, funding application. It's always so difficult to put the financing together for affordable housing projects. It takes, you know, all these different sources of financing that you have to put together, you know, and, and make them work. Um, and um, you know, not only the state resources, the tax credits, but also TIDA subsidy is part of that. And, and the mayor's office, the city's um, financing um, is also a support to us, but it is quite a feat to have to put all these different financing sources together. And, um, and so um, hopefully you will be able to be successful in your HUD application. So good luck to you. Um, the, uh, I assume that the site control is based on a ground lease from TIDA to the nonprofit developers. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to and, confirm that. And to, to be more explicit, it's an option to ground lease. Okay. So the ground lease would be at closing, but it provides what is needed until that time. And I also want to give, um, and I, I agree with you about it takes a million stakeholders and partners to make this happen. And of course, having the partnership uh, with TIDA and Mercy Housing and HR360 and, and DPH. But uh, I just wanted to, and Mo, of course, and so I just wanted to acknowledge other key players yeah. and partners. So thank you very much for that report. Thank you. So for the next step, absolutely. Um, the site control of Bob Beck, 
uh, let me ask our director. So we're definitely, you heard what we said, ready to move this forward. Yeah, yes, and we had initially uh, calendared this on uh, the December agenda uh, for for the board consideration. Um, un unfortunately, uh, we weren't able to, to pull together a quorum for, for that meeting, but we will be bringing this back uh, to the to the board in January, uh, most likely on on the consent agenda, uh, based on our conversation uh, today. But we, we we do plan to bring this in January for your uh, approval. Absolutely. So rain or shine in January, looking at the time constraints uh, to get the site control. So we look forward to uh, entertaining this. But from this committee, it's a yes and a go. So, you know, needs to be reflected on the record. Um, Natalie, just said a, um, something now that I have you here. One thing that we are going to be doing in 2023 is make sure that, you know, Disinformation on tighter uh, development, we're going to try to correct that. Uh, every now and then you read in the paper, in the press, and we know it's not true, about allegations of eviction of resident or treasure island. And, you know, every time we get that, we look at ourselves and say, no, this, this is no one is, is, you know, evicted from treasure island. And we're very sensitive about that. So. For your development uh, representing one treasure island, this is something that um, we might call you guys in at some point. I'll ask you to kind of help us make statement or again, trying to diffuse any kind of disinformation because we know we are not aware of any evictions of anyone from one treasure island manager property. So, and I just want to bring that to your attention, please. So you're aware of that. Thank you. Understood. Thank you. Okay. Are there any public comments? Kate? Seeing no public comment. Okay. Thank you so much, Natalie. Okay. The next thing on the agenda, please. Item number six, park facilities acceptance and operations. Okay, Bob. Yeah, I'm... A trying to bring up my, my PowerPoint. <clears throat> do you, do you see my screen now? Yes. We can yes, show the screen. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair, uh, Chair Richardson uh, and, and Director Sen. Um, have a, uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, planning for and and managing the parks is is going to be a, a important um, uh, responsibility for us in in the coming year. And uh, wanted to discuss that some with you today. Um, for as general background for for people in the audience. Um, the, the parks on Treasure Island will remain in, in tied ownership and management, uh, but are not intended to be placed under the larger San Francisco Recreation and Parks 
department and the majority of our open spaces are subject to the the state's tidelands trust um and we have an agreement with the state lands commission which makes tida the trustee for those properties uh, also the community facilities district uh, that has been formed over yerba buena and treasure island provides us with a permanent funding source for operations and maintenance uh, in the future. Um, and in the early years of parks operations, uh, while the community facilities district capacity is still being developed, the developer uh, is obligated to provide a financial subsidy to support those early years of parks operation. And uh, We've been showing that in our in our budget for the last uh, couple of years now that um, the uh, uh, for instance, the cost that we've had on the the YBI habitat management plan implementation have been supported by by TICD. Um, and then also um, under the the jobs and equal opportunity program, um, uh, one Treasure Island men, member agencies have a right of first offer for landscape services contracts. And of course, the, the, the partner there within the One Treasure Island umbrella is, is Rubicon Landscaping. So a little bit on the uh, actual process of accepting the, uh, the new improvements. Uh, generally speaking, the infrastructure that is being constructed by Treasure Island Community Development um, uh, is permitted through street improvement permits issued by the Department of Public Works. And those designs have all been reviewed by um, city agencies, the PUC, Public Works, and MTA to make sure that those designs um, uh, conform to their, to their standards. Um, and uh, the construction is being inspected by uh, public works inspectors to make sure that the construction of, of the infrastructure is conforming to the permits. Um, and that includes uh, both roadway infrastructure and, and our parks. Um, when uh, the work is, is substantially complete, uh, the developer requests and and Public Works, after uh, appropriate inspections, issues uh, a notice of completion uh, stating uh, that the work is complete. If there's any work that needed to be deferred, identifying that work that's been deferred. Um, and then um, the, the Board of Sup the Public Works prepares a legislative package to take those roadways and pump stations and other infrastructure to the Board of Supervisors for acceptance on behalf of the city and operating departments. Um, TIDA owned assets, the, the parks and ferries facilities will also come to the TIDA board for acceptance. Um, and where infrastructure needs to be put into service prior to acceptance by the Board of Supervisors, uh, there's typically a license between the developer and, and that operating department um, uh, outlining the, the, um, 
the provisions by which the department is is making use of that infrastructure before it is is it is accepted by the board of supervisors and examples of of this include uh, um, licenses uh, that have been or are being negotiated between the developer and the PUC for water infrastructure, power infrastructure, sewage infrastructure um, between the Department of Public Works and the developer for roadways and potentially between MTA and the developer for uh, striping and, and traffic signals uh, and so forth. Um, and that allows the roadway or, or utility to be put into service before it's formally accepted by the Board of Supervisors. And examples of that would include the Bristol on Yerba Buena Island is currently a receiving uh, power service and water service from new infrastructure constructed on YBI that has yet to be accepted by the Board of Supervisors. Um, and so there are licenses in place for that purpose. Um, uh, the first park that is gonna be coming up for acceptance is the Boulders Dog Park up on YBI. And here's a aerial shot of it. Uh, it's been uh, uh, pretty much complete for a couple of years. It, it, has not been proposed to be opened yet uh, because uh, there's still work on the roadways and sidewalks fronting the park. Um, and so there's uh, been some some uh, limitations on access to the site. So uh, even though the park itself is substantially complete, um, uh, it's not yet desirable to open it up. That's more photographs of, of the park. Um, but the developer has requested uh, a notice of completion inspection from the Department of Public Works and submitted the required supporting documentation. Um, when uh, those inspections are completed and, and an NOC is issued by Public Works, uh, the developer is expected to request TIDA um, staff prepare a uh, resolution for the TIDA Board of Directors authorizing acceptance of, of the dog park. Um, and so that could be calendared as early as January, uh, although it's it's not a, currently a critical path item uh, there. Um, with the NOC, the developer will also ask Public Works to prepare the, the legislative package for the Board of Supervisors that I, that I previously described. Um, because uh, infrastructure is accepted by the Board of Supervisors via ordinance, um, it, it has to go to committee. Uh, it has to be passed uh, twice uh, at, the, at the Board of Supervisors as opposed to a, a resolution which would just be passed once. So overall, it's a, a 90 to 120 day uh, process uh, from the time that Public Works submits the legislation to the board before the ordinance would be fully and finally adopted and, and the acceptance could, uh, could take effect. Um, and so that's the period of time, even when there is a notice of completion and the work is, is uh, and the work could be put into service, um, that's the same type of period where I described previously 
there may be a, a license uh, in effect. And another example of that is is on Treasure Island, uh, Seven Seas Avenue is is likely to open to traffic in January, um, enabling the uh, issuance of the temporary certificate of occupancy for the Maceo May apartments, um, and and allowing the developer to close and remove the avenue of the Palms detour along the waterfront. Um, but that that will all occur while the the eventual um, acceptance of the board of supervisors of the of those roadway improvements may take until May or June of this year. Um, when we when we take the the dog park to the board of supervisors, um, we plan to, uh, to take a companion uh, ordinance at the same time. Um, just to clarify language in the uh, the DDA uh, and and affirm that the Board of Supervisors would delegate to the TIDA board uh, the authority to accept uh, future park improvements so that the acceptance of, uh, the, for instance, the Hilltop Park uh, and the, the um, um, Marina Plaza would allow, could be, uh, uh, accepted by action solely of the title board, uh, rather than also needing to go to the board of supervisors. Um, so that, that is intended to be part of the, the package going to, uh, the board of supervisors this spring. In terms of other upcoming parks, uh, that will be completed in, in next fiscal year and the following fiscal year, um, Hilltop East, uh, otherwise known as Signal Point, and Hilltop West, otherwise known as Infinity Point, uh, should be completed in 2023, um, including the, the Sujimoto art installation. Um, trails on the uh, 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 on YBI, the Clipper Cove Beach Park, uh, the Waterfront Plaza, and Causeway Park. All should be completed in 2023 uh, with um, the first blocks of Cityside Park, the Cultural Park, and uh, Clipper Cove coming in, in 2024. So these are uh, maintenance responsibilities that we'll have to be thinking about and planning for in, in uh, next year's budget and, and the following year's budget. Um, in terms of uh, the initial uh, onboarding of these parks and, and the, the early um, um, maintenance activities, uh, the developer has contracted with Rubicon to, to support the landscape establishment uh, at the Boulders Dog Park. So their personnel and, and crews are becoming familiar with uh, the vegetation at the Boulders Dog Park and and its maintenance activities. Of course, that's not the same as uh, keeping the park clean, litter-free, and emptying the garbage services, uh, but um, uh, they will uh, be preparing uh, for those as well. When we uh, initially open the park, uh, we anticipate working with Rubicon under our annual contract with them uh, for those landscaping and janitorial tasks at, at these initial parks. Again, that's the landscape maintenance, the litter 
uh, uh, cleanup, uh, any any washing of, of sidewalks or plazas. Um, where uh, engineering tasks are required, for instance, at the stormwater gardens, um, these will uh, be performed either by subcontractors to Rubicon or by, by staff with the Department of Public Works with whom we also have a work order arrangement. Uh, and, and early uh, management and oversight by current IDA personnel. Um, the uh, as we as we plan though uh, for the future going forward, um, in 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 both budgeting and in management and and long term management of the parks. We want to build upon prior work by the development team and Titus staff. Uh, in 2020, we had drafted a, an operation and maintenance manual framework. Um, we want to bring that back to the TIDA board, uh, reviewing and updating the site-specific uh, chapters for the early parks. Uh, those chapters include projections for uh, the level of effort required or the individual tasks and level of effort man hours required for engineering, landscape maintenance, and janitorial tasks. Um, and that we'll be using that to support uh, our budget projections and, and uh, early contracting arrangement with Rubicon. Um, but also we want to initiate a long-term strategic assessment of the governance operation and, and, and maintenance of the parks system. So. As we move forward into next year, um, you know, our, our goals are to, to refine the near-term operation and maintenance to inform uh, our, our, our initial budget submittal looking at the next two years, uh, initiate a broader strategic planning effort, um, balancing the park's value as a, as a community resource and also a regional destination, um, look at the uh, appropriate balance of, of contract services and Titus staff, uh, the early need for horticultural expertise as well as, as uh, parks operations experience. Um, again, evaluating the, uh, the questions of governance and, and the potential establishment of a conservatory, conservancy or trust to support us uh, in this effort and then uh, we also anticipate uh, a role for, for contract support uh, to help us uh, facilitate the, the evaluation of these questions and, and to provide uh, experience and expertise to, to this process. Um, also in, in 2023, uh, we have, as we previously discussed with the um, a board, we have drafted with the support of the city attorney's office, a parks code for the um, uh, governments of the, of the Treasure Island park system. And we expect to take that to the board of supervisors uh, for consideration uh, in 2023 as well. So with that, um, I welcome any questions that, that uh, board members have. Linda, 
Linda, we're having trouble hearing you. My question for you here in 2017, and we will never forget that the day that um, that late Mayor Ed Lee died, we were actually in the office. You led the delegation to entertain all the department uh, entities, all the agencies that we are dealing with, DPW, uh, Hollingham, SFPUC, so that we can really get a hold on the timeline. And Mayor Ed Lee spoke very loud and clear. That was his last act because he cared so much about Treasure Island. Wanted to make sure that all these milestones, which also translate to money and the timeline for the development are met. So you have just presented this myriad um, schedules and timelines with all these agencies. Where are we uh, in the timeline right now? Which area do you need help? that we might need to call on mayor, you know, uh, breed or have to go there to make sure that all these uh, timelines, so that all these agencies that we depend on in, for these inspections, in order for us to be able to have the resolutions, all the various entities, could you allude to that? Are you comfortable at this point? Are there areas that you might need the supervisor or whoever us to call? on the city again to in order to do that, because I'm looking at the timeline here and I'm looking at all the aspects and they are very complex, but they are extremely very important and we have to meet those uh, timelines. So can you allude to, to that briefly? Because that's also going to be able to tell us how we are going to be putting together the trust or the maintenance of the, all of those are intricately linked. So that's my, uh, preamble statements to you. Yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Director Richardson. Um, at this time, you know, we, we are making good progress uh, on, on um, you know, wrapping up some of these initial projects. Uh, it, it, it can be a, a struggle at times uh, to, you know, make sure that all of the parties are on, on the same page, but um, we, uh, you know, do have good support uh, from the mayor's office through um, the, uh, the support of Judson True, um, who is, is uh, charged with uh, <clears throat> um, coordinating all of, all of the, uh, housing projects citywide. Uh, and, and he helps uh, when we do have sticking points with the department or or delays with departments to help facilitate those things. Um, you know, at this point in time, we, we, uh, we are working closely, uh, for instance, with the PUC on, on the negotiation of licenses with public works on preparing for these initial notices of completion requests um and and so uh, we we are, are getting good support um but at the same time uh as i said uh the mayor's office through through the office of judson true uh is there to support us when when we do um reach 
what what other you know could be called an impasse or other other issues need to be uh, uh, dealt with. Okay. Um, Commissioner Shen. Yes. Um, on on this parks operations and planning and maintenance, um, it's something that um, I thank you, Bob, for giving us an overview. And I cannot overemphasize how important it is for us to have a long term plan. Um, because uh, if from a horticultural standpoint, if we do not um, properly maintain the landscaping that has been done in the first two years, it's going to create, you know, 20 years of headaches. And I think that we're a bit late in, in putting that together. Um, we need to update the budget for the long-term maintenance of, of the park system that we are creating. Um, and um, we need to have the expertise and experience uh, to guide us on that. Um, I know that you recognize that, um, but I would like to have this item be on our calendar for each of the board meetings, especially when we're talking about the budget. Um, I'd like to see some um, updated numbers on what we think of not just this year, but what the long-term um, budget should be to do a proper job of maintaining um, this, these, these very important additions um, to our park system. Um, and I'd like to have comparisons with other parks um, in the city, as well as you know, outside of the city for similar sized parks and what it takes to maintain them properly. I know that we've done some projections, I think the last was over a decade ago, um, but they, those numbers um, sorely need to be um, updated. Um, but I'd like to see that we have the expertise on board to guide us on it. Um, maintenance, day-to-day -day maintenance is one thing, but actually the overall um, caring of the system um, and it's uh, the strategic you know, um, way of um, both um, operating and maintaining and then programming uh, these parks when they come on board. Um, we really need to have um, some very deep thinking on it. So um, thank you for this presentation and look forward to um, the new year and what we will do. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Are there any public questions? There is no public comment. Okay. So we are nearly to the end of uh, the agenda. So yes, please. And I concur with uh, Commissioner Shen, we need to keep this particular item uh, on the radar and the agenda. So, okay. So thank you all. Item number seven, discussion of future agenda items by directors. Any further uh, discussions? None? No, recommendations? Other than what we've just mentioned, um, I, I don't have any further. Okay. So we've done. Okay. Great. Thank you so much for a good meeting. Thank you, everyone. Very Thank you. See you again. Thank you, staff. And have, uh, have some happy bye -bye. holidays to all of you. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you. you. You too. Happy holidays.